Welcome to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari Shrike, the artist and creator behind Not Sorry Art and Not Sorry Art School. I'm so excited to talk art and creativity with you. So grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's dive in. This episode of the Not Sorry Art Podcast is brought to you by Not Sorry Art School. Not Sorry Art School is my online art school I created two and a half years ago to supplement my workshop teaching when the pandemic hit. It became a really great resource where I could put all of my knowledge about representational painting into one space. We add one new section or demo every quarter to Not Sorry Art School, and you don't have to pay a membership fee. You pay one time, and then you get access to all of the past videos and all future videos. Not Sorry Art School has an online Facebook group where I have office hours every Monday and I answer questions within the Not Sorry Art School Facebook group. And there's also a wonderful sense of community on there where people will share their paintings and get great consensual feedback. I'm really excited about Not Sorry Art School. So if you're interested, make sure to click the link and check out the about page to learn more about Not Sorry Art School. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Not Sorry Art Podcast. I'm Sari, thanks for being here. Today we're talking about sticking to one medium or kind of art as an artist. And I was gonna start out by sort of talking about there's pros and cons to this, but I, I don't feel like it's a stretch to say that for most people, there's this obvious pull to want to kind of focus on one medium and get really, really good at that. And that that is our best way to sort of, I don't know, become real artists. All of those terms become nebulous. But I know that I hear this a lot from other people, right? And in fact, just recently, the inspiration for this episode, I was on a TikTok live and sometimes I'll invite some of my art friends to hop on a live with me and we'll paint together and it's lovely. And I was talking to someone who in their background, they jump around a lot. They do kind of different projects they're all creative but they're just super different you know one might be like with you know web three and then the next thing is drawing and then the next thing is modeling and you know there's this pressure to like hurry up and pick something but I, I think about it and as someone who sort of I feel like I'm the extreme in the opposite direction I very much have selected one thing and have done that in earnest for approaching eight years of doing it in, in this like professional capacity but you know I've been painting and from college even longer um you know from someone who's really what I would consider is approaching mastery level at their craft I wanted to give my my insight because I think on one hand we could probably make this a two minute episode and say some things work for some people and some things work for other people and clap our hands and, and be good with our conversation. However, I do think that this pressure to sort of pick one thing can reveal a lot about our current culture and systems and you know economic systems and, and what we value. And I wanted to dive a little bit into those things. And I'm actually just going to cut to the chase really quick and kind of give you my opinion on it. And I think that sometimes you are the medium. And what I mean by that is that for some artists, their material is their medium. You know, for me at this point, I would say it's fair to say that painting is my medium. But I feel like there's other kinds of creative people where whenever you hop from project to project, you're leaving an imprint on yourself as much as your artwork. And I will explain that 
in more detail in just a moment. So if that sounds interesting to you, if you identify as a project hopper and maybe you're feeling a little bit insecure and you'd like to hear some thoughts about it, stay tuned. I'm really excited to dive into the subject. Thanks for being here. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Okay, I'm going to start with a story that I am fairly certain I've told on this podcast before, so forgive me if you are a loyal listener, but it's, it's, I feel like it is pertinent to this conversation. So I remember when I was very young, I would have been in like maybe third or fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, <laughs> and I remember... Th- perfectly the image in my head but my dad was standing over the sink he made himself a sandwich and he was doing you know the classic stand over the sink so you don't have to use a plate maneuver and he was talking to me and I, I was saying I wanted to do something or to participate in something and he said well you'll never get good at anything because you just hop around from thing to thing you never stick with anything And I think, you know, I was probably approaching my tweens and this sort of defiant streak that I can, I have from time to time must have like manifested in that moment because I remember thinking like, I'll show you. And obviously it wasn't until I was in high school and and a runner that I sort of more intentionally said, I'm going to stick with something and see what happens. But in that moment, I remember having the sense of shame that jumping from thing to thing you know in hindsight I was a child of course I did that but that I had this sense of shame that like not sticking with something to the point of mastery meant that I failed in some way and it sort of ignores the fact that I was picking up little lessons all all the while and I will say there's power in mastery and I'll get to that but I feel like that story is probably not super unique and my hunch is that I have this conversation a lot with different kinds of artists and creative people where oh I would be an artist I just can't stick to anything or you know I would love to try this other medium but I don't want to have to try to pivot and there's this real anxiety around moving from thing to thing and I will say for just a moment here some of that plays into like niching down I do have another episode about that it's earlier in the season about niching down if you're interested but I think that in today's episode I'm wanting to get to more of the how do you know when it's abandoning ship and maybe not pushing through and developing that endurance and when is it just that's how you explore the world creatively but first I wanted to walk through the thought process of someone who very much identifies as a hopping around from project to project kind of person and my house growing up there were a lot of people on my dad's side of the family who we used to call it who always went on kicks so you'd get on a crochet kick or you'd get on a gardening kick or you'd get on a I don't know titanic kick where it was all you could think about and all you could talk about for months and months and months and then one day you woke up and you never wanted to think about it again and that's definitely how I was as a kid and still to this day in the areas of my life that I have not been incredibly intentional with I am a kicks person in fact my husband will occasionally you know if I want if I get really into something and research it and and trying to make our family do some new thing you know he always has to be is this a kick can you think about it can we wait a month before we make all these purchases and life choices so you know I'm still very much a kick person so why would someone who has that sort of nature paint almost every single day for eight years straight well I want to talk through this because I want people to know that not everyone who sort of has picked something 
it's because there's no discomfort in that choice and it's just easy and that's just what they enjoy most. Now, that being said, I enjoy painting, don't get me wrong, and I enjoy certainly the benefits of having a practice, uh, a very consistent practice, but I think it might be helpful to hear what I was weighing out when I sort of made that choice to be super intentional. So I remember whenever I graduated my degree in graphic design and fine arts, the year was, what would it have been? End of 2014, (laughs) the end of 2014. And I remember feeling very vulnerable, right? I I mean, I don't know if other people can identify with this, but my whole um, adolescence, maybe some of my childhood, there was this big narrative from both educators and certainly my parents that was, if you don't get a degree, you will not get a good job. And, you know, as soon as you get a degree, you'll have security. And in my college decision making I didn't question it too much and I remember when I graduated this piece of paper that had been such a big life goal and you know first generation of my family to go to college and all these things I was a little shocked at how hard how challenging it would be to sort of get some leverage and what career tracks were really truly possible for me with this degree now I'm very lucky to go to college I'm not at all wanting this to come off like complaining but I just think I was young and I didn't know kind of what I was getting into and the dominant feeling when I was starting to make all these connections and listening to podcasts on career and you know signing up for all these newsletters about how to get jobs and making a LinkedIn account I just felt really vulnerable. I started to become aware of just how important connections were and are. And I had moved to a whole different part of the country and had no friends and family around me, I other than my partner who was working a ton. And I remember thinking that I needed to develop a very marketable skill. And I use the word kind of marketable skill a little bit loosely here, but I just mean that something that has undeniable obvious value and I don't think I think I I thought art and drawing and and more specifically to be able to paint representationally because I knew that if I got good enough at it that I could get commissions and that there would be work tied to my output and less to my person again just to further elaborate what I mean by that is I started realizing that so many people were getting connections and jobs that they were qualified for with their degrees don't get me wrong because of people they knew and I had you know a side effect of growing up very low income is that your network has very little overlap with the professional world you know most of my friends and family and people I knew intimately worked at gas stations and were on disability and worked at Bass Pro Warehouse so this freaked me out and I wanted to be able to have something that felt solid and tangible and I don't think that that again I'm not prescribing anything here I don't think that that's necessarily everyone needs to do this but I remember feeling a tremendous amount of security and the fact that connections seemed so ambiguous and fuzzy and dependent on you being kind of like a personable person and having connections and being really good at drawing and and painting um, and having a style felt like there was a very clear and obvious roadmap and that roadmap was simply showing up every single day and so with a bunch of really ambiguous scary options that would determine the whole trajectory of my life at stake as they are or at least it feels like when you're 22 23 years old I remember thinking the easiest thing is just a tremendous amount of hard work and focus. And so had there been maybe some more options for me and maybe life had been a little bit different, 
I think that there's a very real reality that alternative universary that felt a little less secure and maybe had some more connections maybe would have bounced around in subject matter. I do think and I hope and this may be foolish to say but I would have always done something relatively creative but what that would have looked like I think could have been really different. I think I could have been a bounce arounder in some capacity whether that's in my hobbies as an artist or whether that's in doing creative fields. Who knows? You know really we're just kind of guessing. (laughs) But I dove into getting better at representational skill because I saw value in that not only in again getting commissions and procuring skill but also the ability to teach and you know have security in in all of those means and this brings you to okay well what does what does it feel like i was missing or what are i guess more generally i'll say like what are the cons to hunkering down and picking one thing and potentially missing the opportunity to do something different and more fulfilling or at least you know, a little bit more novel. What what do you miss out whenever you do that? Well, I mean, on one hand, there certainly can be some monotony to it. I will say, you know, I'm pretty lucky in that painting has always been pretty stimulating. It's just painting is representational painting is challenging enough that it always felt pretty stimulating. But I will say, yeah, there were plenty of days where I had to fight the urge to learn how to knit and crochet and needle punch and make rugs and go into ceramics that I would uh, sort of get really into a couple of artists who were doing one thing and I would think about how I could do that. But then again, especially in the beginning when things were so frugal and so tight and so insecure, insecure, I had that reality check kind of constantly standing over my shoulder and so that was always pretty easily squashed by by that. You know the other cons to sticking to one thing is having less versatility. So you know if somebody reached out to me and asked me to do a tattoo design or something obviously I just you know I, I had to tell them like I'm, I'm pretty limited in what I can do other things are you know I didn't use my graphic design skill very much in those years and I got to a point later in my career where it was so rusty and it would have been such a waste of time to reteach myself that I had to pay someone to do my website now this is fine I, I love being able to support others in my community but you know I think it's a a con certainly and you know the other thing is to some degree you do run the risk of limiting your creativity I have a folder filled with ideas a lot of just like ceramic stuff and sculptures and and I just the mechanics of my studio and how my life functions make it so hard to pivot to those other things and I'm not saying that to complain at all I have a painting studio so obviously jumping into ceramics would be hard but I just wanted to be really thorough and like what are the cons that's another con you know it's really hard for me to pivot I will also say on like again a kind of a small note when you're known for something and you have a certain amount of mastery in that subject it's hard to give yourself the grace to pivot and be completely a beginner at something and I would like to think that that isn't holding me back too much. It really is just a time constraint. But I think I'd be lying to say that there wouldn't be kind of a scary element if I did want to like switch to say some conceptual kind of thing and just not be good at it in the beginning or run the risk of being a little less proficient at it in the the beginning. So there certainly are cons. 
Hey y'all, I just put out a free painting boot camp. Don't be intimidated. We're not doing any kinds of burpees or running. This boot camp is all for your painting muscles. So in this boot camp, it's seven days of quick bite-sized lessons between 20 and 30 minutes with assignments for each days. And don't be intimidated by the assignments. They have all different levels. Whenever I explain this, I always try to get people to picture those 80s workout videos where they have the person in the middle doing the main exercise a beginner level and an expert level that's kind of how we set up the program so it'll meet you wherever you're at i'm really proud of this course so far people are absolutely loving it again it's free if you're interested please check out the show notes under free seven day painting boot camp in this boot camp we're learning the fundamentals of painting representationally Things like composition, drawing, value, color, light, and style. So if that sounds interesting to you, please check out the boot camp. Like I said, it's free. Tell me if you enjoy it. Let me know. I always appreciate all this feedback. And as always, happy painting. But I did want to jump into the pros of sort of pinning down and sticking to one thing. I'm sure I'll just be saying what everyone already knows, but it is worth kind of jumping into. And the first one is mastery. And I think that this one is really important, not because it's important to be, quote, good at something, because again, very subjective. What does that even mean? But I think mastery is important to yourself. So I I like to think of it like, you know, we can learn things with our head and we can learn things with our heart. And some things I swear we learn with like the cells in our body, right? Some lessons we can intellectualize, other lessons we have to learn from like heartbreak But mastery to me always feels like one of those things where it's like you have to teach your hands and your arms and your shoulders and your eyes that I know that I can work through this. That if I spend enough time with these paints and this panel and my easel that eventually I will come to a conclusion that makes me happy, right? Or makes me happier. And I feel like that's one of those lessons that it takes relative to everyone but a lot of time to learn that you know I think of that graph where it's I think it might be like called the Dunning-Kruger graph or effect I'll I'll link it but where you the first time you start trying to do something you think you're going to be really good at it because you're just naive to how difficult the, the task is and then you have this like reality check where you realize oh that's going to take months if not years to get good at and then slowly you do, you do that climb to getting better and better and better. I think mastery is important because it's not important to be good. Rather, it's important to know and trust on a cellular level that if you push past that heartbreak of, oh no, this is really hard, that you can in- indeed improve and get better. And that's why I think mastery is important. I think consistency is important. Consistency to me always, I feel like it gets a little bit co-opted by like... I don't know, like real estate bros or um, nothing against real estate, but like this very specific, typically masculine niche I see a lot on like TikTok and Instagram where it's like wake up at four, take a pre-workout, sleep three hours a night, you know, just insane working. Uh, And, you know, I love work. I think work ethic is a a fantastic thing, but I think there can be, we can tiptoe into overkill real fast. (laughs) I want to take consistency out of that arena and I, I would love to reframe it as as love, as showing up for yourself, as like this like boring love, right? The kind of love of like your mom 
every day made you a sandwich for school like not no love note just like made you your your sandwich and it was one you liked and she cut off the crust and there was no flash and there was no you didn't have to thank her for it but it was just there every single day at lunch you were in class and it was 10 30 and you started getting hungry <laughs> you didn't even have to second guess that there was going to be a sandwich right that's that is the kind of thing that I think consistency can teach us Again, this is nothing that has anything to do with even like being good. Consistency is a lesson, a thing that if you can teach yourself to tap into, you will benefit from for the rest of your life. And consistency can look different for everyone. For someone, consistency may be every day from 9 to 2 o'clock. They work and they show up and they clock in and they clock out. For someone else, consistency might be consistency and effort. And because of your own personal limitations, whatever that may be, maybe two out of the five attempts you show up that might be best for you and I think again if you look at consistency less as you know wake up at 4 a.m and grind all day and more as love then that then that you can still look at that attempt and be like that's great if I can show up two out of the five times and I, I keep pushing myself and accepting and you know pushing yourself in a nice way but keep putting in the effort and accepting that then great then that's great that's wonderful right everything's going to be different for everyone okay the last thing is focus and focus I don't mean on you have to be able to sit uninterrupted for four hours and that's focus I think certainly it can be I have a almost eight-year-old and something that we work it with amongst us is practicing building up that focus but again everyone's different some people have legitimate limitations to their ability to focus and again I think we all have to do what's best for us but what I mean by focus I think more specifically is reducing distraction so for me what I have found to be tremendously helpful and having one specific sort of medium that being painting is that I can tend to fire off ideas really 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 sporadically and having one lens that I can sort of consistently tap into and the lens being transforming a very multi-dimensional world onto a two-dimensional plane with with pigments right that's the game I'm playing that's always the game that I'm playing consistently being able to sort of do that and not be like oh I can make it into crochet or oh I can make it into a sculpture or oh I can make it into conceptual art like it's not good or bad but I will say that there have been lessons learned about the nature of myself and I think improvements to my painting instead of going to the easiest medium or the most obvious medium trying to transform even complicated ideas that might be better on film or they might be better as music always challenging myself to try to see if I can contextualize it into a painting there are lessons to be learned in that effort and you know I think that that would be how I sort of consider focus, a lacking of of distractions. And that has been tremendously helpful. Now, I wanted to bring up pros because I wanted to show you guys that the pros have nothing to do with being really good at something. That can be a byproduct. And certainly, if you are, I think, consistent, and if you are honest, and if you do work towards mastery, you will... I think become good I don't know what good looks like it may not look like my good it may not look like someone else's but good in the sense of like worthwhile and interesting but I do I want to point out that I believe that the reason that we should find a way to tap into mastery in our practice or maybe see the world through one medium 
has very little to do with so you can be really good at one thing and be known for one thing and that's the only way to be creative because as much as I value those things mastery consistency focus I also really believe in the ability of artists who want to bounce around Okay, going back to what I said at the top of the episode, I told you I was giving away the plot a little bit. I wanted to just check back in with that. And I said that the point of this episode was to say, or at least to sort of shift the idea that your medium doesn't always have to be so obvious. It doesn't have to be paint. It doesn't have to be sculpture. It doesn't have to be design. It can be yourself. Now, this is a little bit brave because you do give up the idea of a really solid identity who's someone who meets you at a party you can say oh I'm a painter and they kind of know about you they already know you know what your studio looks like and the kind of person you might be I mean not really but we lose that bid for clear and obvious connection when we're the kind of artist who we make ourselves the medium so going back to what I was saying about the benefits of mastery you can have those things even if you apply them to yourself. And I know we're, we're getting a little bit foggy here. We're losing the plot, maybe. I, I, think it's, I think if you've known someone who's like a little bit good at everything, right? And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's actually the saying, it's called, a jack of all trades is a master of none. But there's a second part to that phrase that goes, but oftentimes better than a master of one and I remember I didn't learn that the extent of that saying because I always heard it sort of the first part is like a a pejorative or negative thing it's like you know you spend all your time dilly-dallying and all these different projects you'll never get good at anything but I remember hearing the last part and it just kind of felt like that just felt more honest (laughs) and again maybe it's speaking to my inner you know, person who loves to kind of jump around from all things. But it's important to note that when we bounce from project to project, we don't knock over, like metaphorically, a stack of Legos and start over. We still carry that knowledge and that information and that experience within us. You know, if you move from project to project, but you're learning the, it always seems easy in the beginning and then you have to push through the tough part. If if you're not being scared off every time by it getting tough, and you're seeing it through, then then that's wonderful. Then you're you're doing all the things that benefit all the pros that I said about being a master. Only instead of maybe having this masterful ability to oil paint, you have this masterful ability to gain insight from your craft. And in a way, like I said, making yourself the medium. You change who you are. You come out the other end of that project with more insight and more knowledge and more versatility and gosh, arguably even more creativity. And so I I really want to sort of hype up the person who jumps around a little bit. I think the frustrating thing if you're a jump arounder is that there's a little bit of that, oh, you can't stick to anything. But I want to say that if you're doing it authentically, if if it feels right to you, if it's, if you're just, if you're motivated by, and here's the kicker, if you're motivated by curiosity, right? You're motivated by wanting to try something new and you're not just running away from perfectionism and I think again that this is the key to it that I don't think there's anything wrong with it right especially if you have the security if you don't feel like you need to get really really good at one thing for some reason (laughs) the thing that's going to differentiate 
someone hopping around because they are the medium and someone hopping around because they're avoiding perfectionism. I feel like I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger because how do you know that? How do you, well that, I mean, truly could use its own episode. It's, it's, and it's going to involve introspecting, which is why, part of why I make these podcasts because introspecting is an enormous part of being an artist. You cannot, I believe, make art without the ability to look inward and to be honest with ourselves. So, you know, I, I hope that that is helpful. I hope that if you are a hop around type person, if you are someone who jumps from project to project, you have a clear lens of which to gaze you're jumping around. <laughs> and I want to make sure that, especially in an age where what we do can be conveyed to the internet so immediately, you know, the idea that we have to sort of stick to something and carve out a niche and be one thing and be easily digestible is becoming more and more antiquated. My prediction, and who knows, right? <laughs> is that more and more people are going to have sort of mid-career shifts or maybe like they'll shift, there'll be one thing in their 20s and another thing in their 30s. I remember when I would meet people like that as a kid, they just felt so unique and fascinating. But I believe that with the younger generations especially, it's going to be the norm. Oh yeah, I worked in finance for 10 years and then I started a soap business and then I started an online school and then I, you know, and it's all like, you learn lessons from all of those things. Anytime you, I ever interview someone and they tell me their story and it's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, it always makes such sense when they tell me, you know, how they got to where they are. It's such a beautiful, perfect journey and they needed to be in all those places. And yet, you know, probably in the moment they were like, what am I doing? This is so disjointed. But you have to sort of trust that as long as you are building up your skills, you're, you're learning all the things we talked about, right? You are the medium. You have to trust that to some extent those lessons will stick, those insights will stick, and you'll become a better, richer person all the while, and that you don't owe anyone consistency or understandability by picking one thing and just sticking to that, right? But yeah, that's that's the episode. I'm a big fan of sticking to kind of one thing. It has served me well, but I can't help but think that I will have other moments where I dive into other mediums and do other things in the future. You know, right now the consistency is affording me a lot of stability that I tremendously value. But yeah, I, I can see Hop Around Sari making a comeback one day. And I, I hope I don't feel guilt or shame about that. I hope I feel nothing but excitement and curiosity. And yeah, I hope you feel excitement and curiosity. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful. I hope you learned something. If nothing else, I hope you learned that the Jack of all trades quote is one of those quotes that we got terribly wrong as a collective. <laughs> I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And yeah, happy creating, guys. I also wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who has taken the time to leave a review on the podcast. The feedback is so incredibly helpful, especially podcasts like this podcast in the first season. It's really helpful to read what you guys are saying. And I wanted to say thank you to at Salty Amber, that's S-A-L-T-Y-A-M-B-E-R, art, A-R-T. Thank you for your kind words and tell your students I said hi. I hope they enjoy their disco ball painting. And yeah, again, if you want to have your handle read off on next week's episode, leave a review. Let me know how you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you again so much. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.